0: Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. And don't forget, if you enjoy taking notes, you can download the fillable PDF file on our website at goharvest.org forward slash notes. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Uh, Good to see all of you here today. God bless you. We're in a series right now called Overcomer, and we started it here uh, Back in September, I did three messages, and then in october i 've done three messages uh, Just a couple of weeks ago, we talked about overcoming anger, and that message is still helping me right now i mean it 's helped so many people and then overcoming worry we 've talked about that last Sunday, and that message is still doing its work as well today we 're going to be talking about overcoming temptation because we all have temptations in our lives. And so we're going to key in on the temptations. There's so many different kinds of temptations, but God wants you to be an overcomer, not to be overcome by temptation, but to overcome temptation through the power of God and through the promises in his word. So we're going to look at the word of God here today. Amen? So the classic temptation, verse on this subject of temptation is 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. I'd like you to take your Bibles and just get to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 this morning because we're going to be just in that short part of that chapter, All right, So find it in your Bibles or online uh, on your uh, uh, smartphone or whatever it might be. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 13. Now when you read the word of God, if I just share it on the screens, it's one thing, and that is helpful to have a visual reference, but when you see it yourself, it's all the uh, more powerful, all right? So it's kind of a double whammy when, you're, when you see the word that's being preached at the same time. Also, we have notes for you this morning that you would have received when you came in. Just in case we missed you, lift your hands long enough, and we'll serve you this set of notes. If you don't use notes, you'll forget 85% of what's been said by Tuesday, all right? You'll forget it by Tuesday. But if you take notes, you'll remember about 85% because it will be there in front of you. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10 now in verse 13. It says this, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man, but God is faithful. Say it with me this morning. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with every temptation, he'll also make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it. So let's talk this morning about overcoming temptation. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you so much. Thank you, Lord God, that you're at work in our lives. Lord, we're not what we used to be, and you are, you've are you begun a good work in us, and you're going to see it through to completion, especially in this area of temptation, something that we always deal with. Uh, God, I just pray right now that you'd speak to our hearts through your word and help us to become the, the men and women of God you've called us to be, and we pray it in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people said aloud, amen. amen? Amen, amen. So let's talk about overcoming temptation today. And this is extremely important because learning to overcome temptation is the difference between living an overcoming life and, or living a defeated life, all right? How many of you would rather live an overcoming life, right, and not a defeated life? So the word of God is going to help you this morning to live an overcoming life. Now, what are some of the things that tempt us? I just kind of gave you a list here this morning that you'll see on the screen. Uh, There are some new temptations that we have right now. Speaking too much or spending too much time on media. How many of you know that that can be a temptation right now? Spending too much time on media. Uh, Going off on someone via text or an email. Let me just give you uh, something here this morning. Uh, if you have anything negative to say, uh, do it verbally and not by email or text, because it'll come back to bite you. In other words, don't put your negative things on emails or negative posts or things like that. Just save it. And if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Can I get away and say amen? But But don't just jump into the fray and be negative online or negative to a person in email, because they'll remember that for years to come. If you share something in love and verbally, at least it has a chance to fade away. But uh, in, in writing, it, doesn't, it, it, it just sticks with you way too long. It's not worth it, all right? Now, these are some of the new temptations in the digital age that we live in, but there are old temptations too, but by old temptations, they're still with us. I'll call them classic temptations that we all deal with. Eating too much. How I mean, You know that eating, why did God make food so good? I love the taste of food, I love the temperature of food, I love the type of food, I love the texture of food, I love all of that kind of thing, and, and, and so I have to fight that one myself, spend, uh, uh, eating too much. And then spending too much money, how many of you have ever been on that channel, spending too much money, or spending money you didn't have? And, uh, because how many you know you actually have to pay it back, you know? I love these mortgage uh, announcements they give you, uh, you know, as if they're trying to help you. Let's tap into the value of your house so you can pay off all of your credit cards, not telling you that you still have to pay all of that money back with interest. It's quiet in here, but I'm telling you the truth. I mean, they, they, they just got you over the barrel on that. Let's just tap in. Like, for instance, if your house was paid for and you borrowed $40,000 against it, how many you don't know now all of a sudden you're $40,000 in debt? Does everybody get that? Yeah. So when you hear those commercials, uh, just kind of laugh at them and say, just say, are you kidding me? Uh, but spending too much money is, 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 is a problem. Gossiping can be a problem. Uh, look at that, gossiping. Or feeling jealous. If you want to feel jealous, just go on Facebook and see what everybody else has. Have you ever had that feeling like at least envious or like you didn't feel as good? Uh, after you got off Facebook is when you got on. Everybody's eating in the best restaurants, driving the best cars, and whatever. Being on the best vacations, all right? So feeling jealous. Viewing pornography is another one, uh, which is a huge problem today because we live in a digital age. And you can be tempted to go to the wrong places that'll, re- that'll uh, uh, cause you to see the wrong things, all right? Uh, 18% right there. Lying and cheating, 12%. Abusing alcohol and drugs, uh, 11% the temptation to do that or doing something sexually inappropriate with someone's 9% you go well that percentage is pretty low it's pretty low because most people really don't tell you the truth about those kinds of things when they're doing polls and even the polls will tell you that they don't tell you the truth about that but even if that was an accurate figure that means that 1 in 10 have a uh, 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 sexual improprietor going on 1 in 10 would so that's too many right so we're going to talk here this morning about uh, temptation. And what I wanted you to see this morning is there's all kinds of temptation. It's not just one or the other. There's all kinds of temptations that we had. And God wants us to overcome them. Now, the classic scripture that I just read, which was 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, That's usually where I start. I just kind of go right there. But honestly, here this morning, what I want to do is I want to give you that scripture in context. So I want you to just say it with me this morning, in context, all right? And by in context, we really need to learn to read the word of God in context and not just take one verse and let it be a standalone verse, but read the verses around it. So in context means that you've read the verses that precede it. And so we're going to do that here this morning. We're going to read, instead of just going right to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we're going to read the 12 verses before. That's all I'm going to ask you to do this morning is hang with me on those 12 verses that go before this one, and then we'll make some other applications. Any other scripture I share today, um, I'll just let it come up on the screen, all right? So um, uh, I want you to take your Bibles, and instead of going right to the 1 Corinthians 10:13, 13, we're going to begin at. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 1, all right? Stay with me this morning, verse 1, all right? And on your Bibles, some of your Bibles will say Old Testament examples. Do any of your Bibles say Old Testament examples? But some of them will say Old Testament examples on the heading. The Apostle Paul is going to give us a little tour of the exodus from Israel, and he'll do it in 13 verses. How can he do that? I mean, it took over 40 years to exit from from, uh, Israel, but he's gonna do it just in a few verses right here, just as a reminder, all right? So everyone look at me right now. We're gonna lean into the word of God for the next few moments, and God's gonna speak to our hearts. Are you with me, amen? It says this, "For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors, our fathers, were all under the cloud, and you remember the cloud, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, when Israel was led out of Egypt, they were led by the presence of God in the form of a cloud by day and a fire by night." Say it with me this morning, cloud by day, fire by night and they were led by God and they all passed through the sea and that was the Red Sea crossing. How many of you remember that story, right? If you don't remember it, just read your Bible about it. It's in there or watch the movie, all right? There's a bunch of movies like the Ten Commandments where you can see that actually happening. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So they use even the going through the sea as a type of baptism. It says they were baptized into Moses back in the Old Testament day, God would raise up a leader like Moses or Joshua, but he'd raise up a leader, and that leader was in a type of Christ, if you will, and that has to do with typology, but a type of Christ. But in the New Testament, Christ came himself to this earth, and so Christ now, how many you know that Christ is our leader, leader, but in the Old Testament, God would raise up a leader. And, and so they were baptized into Moses, but how many of you know that now we're baptized into Christ, right? Are you following me? Back then they were baptized into Moses, now we're baptized into, we're baptized into Christ. They all ate the same spiritual food, they drank the same spiritual drink, they were getting taught, uh, they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them and that rock was Christ. Do you remember when in the Old Testament when Moses struck the rock and it gushed out water, remember that? Alright, so it gushes out water, there's a lot of, there's some people that actually think the rock followed them and still gave out water. But that's not what happened. But there's some serious people that believe that the rock followed them because it says right here they, the spiritual rock that accompanied them. But that wasn't that rock. It was the rock who is Christ Jesus accompanied them. And he's the living water. Can I get a witness here this morning? Amen. So even back in the Old Testament, you've got Christ on the scene. Even before he came to this earth in a physical form, he was with them. Christ was that rock way back then. All right? Are we good? So we just went through verse 4. Verse 5, nevertheless, say it with me this morning, nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. God was not pleased with most of them. Say it with him, most of them this is like one of the biggest understatements in the Bible because actually God wasn't pleased with hardly any of them except for Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb were the only ones that said we can take the promised land. The, ten, the other ten spies said we couldn't and then all of the children of Israel were, were left to in the wilderness except for the children who were 19 and under. They got to live but the others all perished in the wilderness over a period of 40, 40 years. So really it says nevertheless God was not pleased with most of them and their bodies were scattered in the, in, the, in the desert. Now, you got to ask yourself, they, they were all serving the same God. They were all reading the Word of God. They were reading the Torah, the books of Moses and things like that. They were all on the same page, but they got something wrong. Why wasn't God pleased with most of them? And Paul points it out in the next verses, alright, and here's where we start on our notes. He points out some prominent temptations, and I'm going to share five of them that we find right here in this, in this text that we're reading right now, right? So here's five prominent temptations. The first one is this, is setting our hearts on evil things. Say it with me this morning, setting our hearts on evil things instead of good things. Setting our hearts on evil things. Now watch this, verse six. Now, these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. So they set their hearts on evil things. But here's what God is saying, I'm gonna give you an example in scripture so that you don't go through the same thing. Uh, God says this, I wanna give you an example in scripture of what they got wrong so that you don't get it wrong. How many are glad for that this morning, amen? They're an example. And a lot of people look at scripture and they'll say, oh, I don't like scripture because there's just too many restrictions. Do you know why there's restrictions in the Bible? For the same reason there are, uh, there are rails by the side of a, a mountain road so you don't go off the road. It keeps you on the road. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So that's why we have restrictions in the Bible just like we have restrictions in life. People say, I don't want to read the Bible. It just tells you the things you can't do. You can't. Well, my goodness, if you've ever read your owner's manual of, of your car and it'll tell you a bunch of things like you can't do. If you do this, it'll say you might even die doing it. I have a motorcycle manual for my motorcycle. There's probably a hundred things in there. Seriously, I said 50 in the last service, but I think it's closer to hundred, little uh, 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 triangles that are caution triangles. And they say this, if you do this wrong, you could lose your life on the motorcycle oh, I should say to my motorcycle manufacturer, say, oh, I'm just so offended by what you shared. But why, rather than being offended, why don't we just say, thank you, Lord God, you may have just saved my life. Amen. Can I get everyone to say amen? So it says right now, uh, it, it, the Bible is an example for us. In other words, how many of you know that it says these are examples uh, t- for us and warnings for us so that we won't do the same thing as they did and they, got, and they perished for doing it? All right, so the first thing they did is they set their hearts on evil things. Now, what were the evil things that they set their hearts on? First of all, they set their hearts on idolatry. Say it with me this morning, idolatry. And the Bible says this, don't be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written The people sat down to eat and drink, they got into drunkenness, and they got up to indulge in revelry, which is carousing and partying. In other words, remember back in the uh, day when they were uh, the children of Israel by Mount Sinai, They had a party. As soon as Moses went up the mountain, they started just saying, well, where is God? Where is is he at? And they started having their own party. The party, they built a golden calf, and they also were having all kinds of activities that went along with that party. Um, The activities that went along with the party were so egregious and so... um, Uh, uh, so uh, unholy that you you really you don't even want to speak about it but that's how bad it was and they got into idolatry and they worshipped even the golden calf so what is idolatry? Idolatry is the worship of idols or even false gods it's excessive admiration or love shown for something other than God in other words Idolatry is loving something more, something, someone, someplace even more than God. And you can be in a church and still be an idolater. You can can have idolatry in so many different forms. Some people love their boat more than they love God and the church. Some people have made idolatry out of their RV or their trailer or whatever it might be. Do you know there's some people that spend more money at Disneyland than they ever spend in a church in a year? And they made an idol out of Mickey Mouse. Yes. And if you really want to check it, check your own checkbook and see who gets more. Does Walt get more of your money or does God get more of your money? And I'm just asking the question because you'll have the answer right there in your checkbook. Uh, Billy Graham used to say, let me look at a person's uh, you know, checkbook and I'll tell you where his treasure is. Where your treasure is, where your heart will be. Can I get a witness here this morning, Amen. Okay, i got to ask myself these questions too, but idolatry was one of the sins. What is the first commandment that God gives us? You shall have no other what? Gods before me. There are other gods, of course, with a small g, but he says you shall have no other gods before me, whatever it might be. And then the word of God says this, love the Lord your God with what? All your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your strength. Say it with me this morning, church family. All your heart, all your soul, all your strength, that's how we're to love God. In other words, don't put anything ahead of God. If I'm on track this morning so far, I just say aloud amen. amen, amen? Then, here's the other Prominent temptation was sexual immorality. Sexual immorality or fornication. Fornication has to do with sex outside of marriage. In other words, that you would leave your marital partner to have sex with somebody else. Fornication. We should not commit sexual immorality or fornication as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died over their sexual immorality. So um, that was another problem they were having was with sexual immorality. The the next thing, the fourth thing, was testing Christ. Say it with me this morning, testing Christ. So uh, the Bible says this, we should not test Christ. In other words, the Amplified Version says it this way, we should not try his patience, we should not become a trial to him or critically appraise him, as some of them did, and they were killed by snakes. Now, They said, don't test Christ. And the Bible says, don't be a trial to Christ. Don't critically appraise him. But you know what? There's a lot of testing Christ going on, even in the day and age that we live in right now, with the pandemic going on. What what, what is going on with this pandemic? God, where are you in all of this? Why are even people that I love dying? Why is all of this happening? What are the answers? And I'm telling you, lots of people are even leaving the faith. They're questioning God, and they're testing Christ. And instead of trusting Christ, they're testing him. And here's what I want you to see here this morning, is that we live in a fallen world. How many of you know that we live in a fallen world? And say it with me this morning, this world is not my home. I'm only passing through. We're pilgrims and we're sojourners on this world. We're just passing through. We're not part of the kingdom of this world. We're part of the kingdom of God. Can I get a witness, amen? So we're from another world. If you really want to talk about aliens this morning, we are aliens in this world because we belong to another kingdom. We're just kind of passing through. So this world is not my home. I'm only passing through. Can I get a witness, amen? Amen. So, um, testing Christ in the middle of it, a lot of people are saying, well, they, they test Christ, they're actually fading away from church or the things of God, and, and so, because they don't understand what's going on, they, they feel like maybe heaven's brass, and what is going on in our world? We live in a broken, broken world, and, and, and God is not the king of this world, the devil is the prince of this world, did you know that? And so, what the devil has, he, we live in a fallen world, but... I just heard this little quote from Christine Kane yesterday. It was in one of her posts. Uh, Christine uh, Kane, and I won't read the whole post, but just this part of it. She said this, Our faith in God is not predicated by our understanding of Him, but by our trust in Him. Watch this. In other words, our faith in God's not predicated by our understanding. In other words, God's ways are higher than our ways and his actions are higher than our actions. We don't understand everything, but it's predicated by our trust in him. There's a big difference. In other words, there's things that I don't get. Why did my little grandson die? Why did my mother die of COVID? Why do, I don't get those things? I don't get some of the problems we go through. But nevertheless, it's not my faith is not based on my total understanding. My faith is based on trusting God completely in his sovereignty. Can I get a witness, amen? His sovereignty. Hallelujah. And and and, and the other thing is too, even even the, the great preacher Spurgeon. Uh, the prince of preachers from London said this, when you can't trace God's hand, you must trust his heart. You must trust his heart, all right? So what were the sins? Idolatry, uh, sexual immorality, testing Christ for some of the sins, and then number five was grumbling. Say it with me this morning, Grumbling. Grumbling has to do with complaining and murmuring. Look at the word of God here. It says, and do not grumble, don't complain, don't murmur as some of them did, and they were killed by the destroying angel, the angel of of death. So he's saying this, don't grumble. We're entering into everyone. We're getting ready for Thanksgiving season. We're just getting ready to turn the corner in just a few days and go into Thanksgiving season. How many of you are thankful right now, amen? Amen. How many of you say, I'm blessed, hallelujah, amen? Amen. And I'm telling you what, if you'll have a thankful attitude and an attitude of gratitude, I'm telling you what, you're going to make progress in life. But if all you do is grumble, you're going to lose ground if you grumble. So don't be a grumbler. Be a, be a thankful person. Praise the Lord. It's raining right now. But we just need the rain. Thank you, Lord God, for the rain. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. So always be someone that's thankful and don't be a grumbler. So here's, in this scripture right now, we've seen the things that, that, uh, the sins that were temptations or major temptations in the lives of Israel, right? Now look at verse 11. It says this, these things happened to them I'm talking about some of them were destroyed, some were killed by snakes. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings to us, all right? They're warnings to us. So like I was saying before, God wants us to learn from others so we don't have to pay the same price that they had to pay by perishing. He says, I'm sharing you these things right now so that you don't have to go through the whole thing, anything that they had to go through, but instead of perishing, you're gonna have a better life just say, thank you, Lord God. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So then the Bible says this in verse 12. So if you think you are standing firm, in other words, some people would say, Pastor Perry, none of these things could happen to me because I'm super Christian. You know, I don't have any problems with things. The Bible says this, take heed. If you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Take heed lest you, he said, take heed if you think you stand, lest you fall. So always be on guard against these temptations, the four that we just mentioned, all right? Now, here's the key scripture that we get down to. Now we've got the context. Does everybody see this here right now? Now we've got the context when he's talking about temptations. We just named five of them and we just wrote them down. Those are the five temptations in this passage right now. But then he says, now, he says, no temptation has overtaken you except as common to man. In other words, you're not alone. Say it with me this morning, I'm not alone. And you might feel, oh, Pastor Perry, the kind of temptation I'm going through right now, nobody else has it. No, 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 no. There's no temptation that you have right now except as common to man. But God is faithful. Say it with me this morning. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able Now, let me just say this morning, how many of you have been tempted? Raise your hand, all right? All right. And the rest of you are lying. Let me just ask you again. This should be about 100%. How many of you have been tempted? Amen? Sure, we have. We've all been tempted, but God says this. And how many know the temptation sometimes gets to be really strong? But remember this, the Bible says this, this temptation is not going to be stronger than you are. God says this, I'm not going to allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. So God knows what your breaking point is. He knows how much you can take. And you might say, man, I can't take any more. Well, but God must think you can take a little bit more because you're, you know, you're still bearing up under it. I'm not going to give you any more than you can take. But with the temptation, I'll also make the way of escape that you might be able to bear it. Say with me, the way of escape. With every temptation, God will make the way of escape. And if you're glad for that, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Would you do that right now? Amen? (laughs) Hallelujah. Now, we've talked about the temptations. Let's talk about five keys to overcoming temptation. And what is temptation, by the way? Temptation is to test or to entice to do wrong. The devil will come your way. He'll try to test you. And by the way... It's just a test. Say it with me this morning. It's just a test. It's a pretty good test, but it's just a test. So God wants you to pass the test, all right? So five keys to overcoming temptation. Let's go with them right now. Number one is pray. Say it with me this morning, pray. The Bible says this, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Say it with me this morning. My spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. In other words, but so that's why he's saying watch and pray because when you watch and pray, your spirit man is going to be built up and your flesh man is going to be taken down when you watch and pray, all right? You're going to get stronger in the spirit and your flesh will weaken so that the flesh cannot overcome you, all right? Hallelujah. Now, we're flesh and spirit, right? The, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the spirit of the spirit, we reap life but of the flesh we reap corruption and death. So the one you feed the most is the one that's going to have the most power. If you feed the flesh, your flesh is going to be stronger than the spirit. But if you feed the spirit, the spirit's going to be stronger than the flesh. Are you hearing? So watch and pray so that you'll not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Here's what I want to say to you this morning. The more you pray, the less you will fall into temptation. I'll say it again. The more you pray, the less you'll fall into temptation. You really will. I go out and walk and pray, and I've done this for about 30 years now. I go out to walk and pray Monday through Saturday, and I, I go out in the morning. It's my custom. But I learned that along the way about prayer, but I've learned so many things about prayer just by praying. But I tell you this, when you begin to go out and walk and pray, you set the heading on your day. You say, God, I'm going to serve you, and I'm not going to serve the devil today. I'm going to serve you today. And, 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 and so you can watch and pray so you won't fall into temptation. And I can just tell you this, my years of praying have kept me from many years of grief, by not falling into temptation because he says, if you'll watch and pray, he says, you'll not fall into temptation. Are you hearing me this morning? If you'll do it, you'll not fall. Now, the question becomes, what should I pray? Say it with me this morning, what should I pray? I'm glad you asked here this morning. You can pray this, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Say it with me this morning, lead me not into temptation. In other words, don't let us yield or give in to temptation, but deliver me from evil. Say it with me this morning, deliver me from evil. Now, this prayer, this part of the Lord's prayer is a prayer of deliverance. Say it with me this morning, deliverance. When you say, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me, God is going to deliver you from the devil who's trying to tempt you. Because the devil is the tempter, God will deliver you from the devil. How many believe that that is true? Amen. But what are we trying to say here this morning? We're trying to talk about what are five ways that we can overcome temptation? The first and foremost one right now is prayer. Hallelujah. To pray. And then let me ask this morning, how often should you pray? You need to pray every single day. Say with me, every single day. And honestly, everyone, if you looked at the great prayers there, Daniel especially, but it was a custom in Hebrew culture that you would pray three times a day, thrice a day, morning, noon, and night, you would pray at least three times a day. I get up in the morning and pray, go out to walk and pray. Then I pray during the day just like you do, but at night I kneel down, ask my wife, you know, I kneel down and pray every night. Uh, before I ever go to bed, I just pray in that kind of inventory of the day, and I just pray again. The last thing I do before I go to sleep is pray. So anyway, uh, pray morning, noon, and night, because the devil is going to try to tempt you every day. Have you noticed? Yeah. And if your temptations are big ones, he's going to try to tempt you. If they're little ones, he's going to try to tempt you. If you go, Pastor Perry, I just all I got is a food temptation. Yeah, me too. Oreos actually talk to me. Yeah and they come and they resupply on the, on the pantry. Like I never bought them, but my wife bought a, <laughs> Oreos the other day. Crispy, not soggy Oreos. <laughs> Cold milk in the refrigerator, and then they're calling my name. Honestly, temptation, right? But it goes, every, you know what I'm saying, it goes with everything like that. So pray that you'll overcome. And by the way, All of the great people in the Bible—I'm talking people that we read about—they all had to face temptation. In in fact, I want you to just think about this: If the devil tempted Adam and Eve in the garden, remember Adam and Eve in their garden, and the the devil said, "Did God really say that?" In other words, you have all of the trees in the garden, but you can only—you can't eat from this one tree. And he said to, to Eve, "Did God really say that?" And the devil is still trying to do that today. Negotiate. Did God really mean that? Do you know what? I've met so many people in church. I've been a pastor now for over 30 years as a senior pastor, but I've been in this 50 years in my life. But I've seen so many people that are just like, they have a special arrangement with God. They are living in known sin, but if you talk to them, they go, no, I've got a special arrangement with God. You might think I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding at all. It's like known sin, and they go like, yep, God and I have talked about that, but we have a special arrangement. And that's the only time you get a special arrangement with God is when you've been deceived by Satan himself. Because Satan is a a liar and the father of lies. If he's moving his mouth, he's lying. Can I get a witness here this morning? So here's what I want you to know. If the devil tempted Adam and Eve in the garden and Joseph in the palace and King David on a rooftop and Job on a hillside and Jesus in the wilderness and Paul through many hardships, guess what? He's going to tempt you too. You're in good company, but God is going to help you to walk in victory. Amen? Okay, second thing this morning. Are we doing good? All right. Second thing this morning is present. Say with me this morning, Present. Uh, I need you to preach back even louder than you are right now, because I'm preaching good and hard at you this morning. But just say it with me, "Present." present. There, there's the church that I know right there. Okay, young people, right there. Say it with me, present. "Present." Oh, come on, you can do better. Present. present. There you go. You got it. Thank you. Bible says this: What in Romans 12:1, present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, your spiritual act of worship. But it says. PRESENT YOUR BODIES A LIVING SACRIFICE. OUR BODIES ARE WHAT WE SIN WITH. OUR BODIES ARE WHAT WE FALL INTO TEMPTATION WITH. BUT IT SAYS PRESENT YOUR BODIES A LIVING SACRIFICE, HOLY ACCEPTABLE TO GOD, WHICH IS YOUR REASONABLE SERVICE, YOUR SPIRITUAL ACT OF WORSHIP. AND SO I WANT YOU TO JUST THINK ABOUT THIS. WHY DO WE PRESENT OUR BODIES A LIVING SACRIFICE? IT'S BECAUSE OUR BODIES ARE THE TEMPLE OF THE HOLY SPIRIT. It's not the tabernacle in the Old Testament that's the container for the Holy Spirit or the Shekinah glory of God. It's you right now. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Does everybody know this? Does everybody believe this? Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? He dwells in you, and God wants to dwell in a holy temple. So present your bodies as a living sacrifice to the Lord, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. God said, Je- I sent Jesus to die on the cross for you. It's your reasonable service that you present your body. Jesus presented his body for you. It's, it's, it's a reasonable service that you would present your body for him. But he lets you be a living sacrifice instead of a dying sacrifice. So anyway, uh, Hallelujah. So present your bodies a living sacrifice. I was just thinking about this scripture, and even in my own worship, um, and how I need to be in my own worship, just just in working on this message and studying this message, because God will always give you revelation, but many times we worship the Lord from the heart up, and that's good, because we want to worship the Lord in spirit and truth right from the heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Right from our mouths. And so we worship God, we sing the right songs, we go through the right thing and all of that, and the God, you know, we draw near to him and he draws near to us. But God wants more than just your heart, he wants your body as well, to present your bodies a living sacrifice. And so... Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. So I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, as I worship God, I'm worshiping God right now, but in my worship, I want to go more this way. God, here I worship you, but I also present myself a living sacrifice, holy acceptable to you. And I ask you, Lord God, not just to feel your presence, Lord God, but that my whole body would be consumed by you and your power and your glory. For hearing what I'm saying, Lord, I present myself to you, my body. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. And then he goes on and says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove it as the good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Don't be conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. All right, third thing this morning to overcome temptation is this, is push back. Say it with me this morning, push back. And that word push back means resist. When the devil comes at you, and he will, you push back on him. Bible says this, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But he'll flee from you when you resist him, all right? So, therefore, submit to God, resist, or push back on the devil, stand firm against the devil. The devil is the tempter, and he will flee from you. But he flees from you when you resist him. So, and by the way, resisting doesn't make you weaker. It makes you stronger, let me show you this. I always used to, I'd always hear these Christians give these testimony meetings, man, the devil's been at me all week. I'll tell you what, he's just been after me all this week, uh, all this week, and I'm just so worn out from just just uh, fighting with the devil all week. Let me tell you this. If you resist the devil, he will flee from you. But resisting, di- the Holy Spirit showed me this, because I always bought that whole line. I, the devil's been ch- chasing after me all week, and, 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 and then, and And then I'm just so worn out because the devil's got me worn out. I'm telling you what, if you resist the devil, you will grow stronger, not weaker. And you've heard of resistance training in athletics. Even if you don't have weights, you can go into resistance training like Charles Atlas did. Just push against your own muscles, and your your own muscles will grow stronger by resistance. And I'm just saying here that when you resist the devil, you're not going to become spiritually weaker. You're going to become spiritually stronger. Can I, give me a loud amen on that. Hallelujah. Okay, the fourth thing here this morning is this, is pursue, pursue righteousness. Say it with me this morning, pursue. And the Bible says this, flee youthful lust. Flee youthful lust, but pursue righteousness. Hey, everyone that's 30 and above. (sighs) Pursue, in other words, flee youthful lust. And let me tell you, you don't even have the energy to pursue youthful lust anymore. Just get over it. Can I get a witness? Yes. Now, you that are under 30 flee youthful lust, and the other ones, you, you don't get enough energy to pursue them. Yes. Amen, all by myself. Yes. And a lot of people, they go like, I just want to go back to where I was in high school days. Well, those days are gone, everyone. Yes. And some of the ones, you know, you, the, some of the girls you prayed for, thank God for unanswered prayer. Yes. And I'm telling you what, so flee those, and those the ideas that you could go back and start over on Facebook or whatever you're going to do, get over that, snap out of it in the name of Jesus. Because a lot of people think, well, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, but usually the grass is greener over the septic tank. (laughs) Hearing what I'm saying? So in other words, I'm just saying, flee youthful lust, but pursue righteousness. Say it with me this morning, pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of prayer, out of a pure heart. Man, I just got this this morning, but flee youthful lust, but pursue righteousness. Say it with me this morning, pursue righteousness and faith and love and peace. How many think that those are all good things to pursue, right? It says, but I just got this this morning. With those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. In other words, God's saying this, I don't want you to just pursue it alone, but I want you to pursue it with those of like precious faith. Hallelujah. We're pursuing righteousness together. It's saying, are you hearing what I'm saying? Do you see in the word right there? Along with those who are serving God with a pure heart. Hey, everybody, this morning, I can do this on my own, but I'd rather do it with you. I'm glad you're here this morning. I'm glad that we're part of the fellowship of believers. I'm glad that we have like precious faith and that I don't have to do this journey alone, but I can do it with you, pursuing God with you. If you believe that, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. And then watch this right here. Whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. Pursue the right things, hallelujah. Pursue righteousness instead of the temptation. And then the last thing here is this place reliance on God's power and promises. Place reliance on God's power and promises. So we started out with prayer, but let's kind of end it this way with God's power and promises. So that phrase, you can kind of circle it place reliance on, that phrase is a phrase that means count on rely on, bank on. In other words, you can take God's power and promises to the bank. God's power will deliver you from temptation, and God's promises will keep you from temptation. Can I get a witness here this morning? Let me prove it to you in Scripture, and then we're going to go home, all right? Look at this next verse right here, Second Peter 1, 3. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Christ. Now, watch this. By his divine power. Say it with me this morning. By his divine power. God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. I want you to set that in your spirit. Man, that is so good. How many believe that God's got the power? You might not have the power, but God's got the power. Say it with me. By his divine power. Say it with me. God has given me everything I need to live a godly life. What is the power? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Am I right? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. But you have the power in the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit to what? To live a godly life, not to fall prey to temptation, but to rise above it in the name of Jesus. And then watch the very next verse. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. Not only do we have the power of God, but we have the promises of God as well. And watch what the promises do. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption that is caused by human desires. Hallelujah. You become more and more like Jesus, and you're able to escape the corruption through the evil, evil desires to, uh, that come with temptation. So we've got the power of God, and we've got the promises of God that are going to help you to overcome temptation. Man, if you think that that's good word this morning, give the Lord a great hand clap. I mean, I, I love it. <laughs> Hallelujah. So stand with me this morning all over the auditorium today. So just stand with me, and I want you to just say with me right now. We're going to just end where we started right now. No temptation has overtaken you except as common to man. But say with me, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to stand. But with the temptation, he'll also make a way for you to bear it in the name of Jesus, and he'll make a way of escape in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Remember this about temptation. Temptation. Temptation is like a door. You haven't sinned when you've been tempted. We all already asked how many have been tempted. It was 100%. We've all been tempted at some point. But you haven't sinned by being tempted, but you sin when you enter into temptation. Now you've sinned, right? When you enter into temptation, but just being tempted, man, I just feel so tempted. Man, you haven't sinned. But when you enter into temptation, that's when you get into problem. This works especially in today's computer digital age. So many people getting in trouble, for instance, like with pornography on a a computer or on on smart devices or whatever. Uh, You get into trouble when you press the enter button, You might have been enticed or uh, uh, tempted, but you enter into temptation. That's where the sin comes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So God was way ahead of it. You've heard me talk about this before. God was way ahead of the computer age 2,000 years ago because he said, "'With every temptation I've made a way of escape.'" And there's an escape button on your computer, if you'll notice. You press the escape button. Instead of pressing the enter button, you say, I'm going to press the escape button. And that's, God will give you the power to do that in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If you believe it and you receive it, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Would you do that right now in the name of Jesus? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you right now for your wonderful words of life. God, your word just helps us so much and especially in these practical areas that we all uh, have problems with, Lord God, I just thank you right now that when we pray, we also will receive your power and we'll receive your promises. And Lord, I just give you praise for that right now, and I just pray your strength right now over your people right now to rise above temptation not to be overwhelmed by temptation, but to rise above it in the the name of Jesus. And I just give you praise for that right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. While you're standing here this morning, all across the auditorium right now, if you say, Pastor Perry, I've been really dealing with uh, temptation and I need God to deliver me from it. It's not just going to happen in a sermon. I need him to deliver me from it. I just want to pray for you to be delivered from whatever might be tempted, but you've got to be willing. Say, God, I want you to deliver me, but you've got to receive it from the Lord because he will give you what you ask for. He will deliver you. He's got the power to do it. Can I get a witness right now? Amen. So just bow your heads for just a moment. I'm not going to call you forward or call you out or anything like that, but I want to just ask you very quickly while we're standing here right now, if you say, Pastor Perry, I I need to be delivered from the evil, and I need to be delivered from temptation. I want to just ask you just to lift your hand right now, and I want to just pray for you all across this auditorium right now. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. And that's just, you know, so many of us, probably half the congregation, we all have something we're dealing with. I want to ask everyone now so we're all together, I want to just ask you to lift your hands to the Lord because we all need a touch from him. Father in heaven, right now, I just pray for every person in this place because we all need to be protected and to be delivered from temptation. God, I pray right now that the tempter will not have, the devil will not have a foothold in our lives, Lord God, but you will have all of us that will present ourselves a living sacrifice to you. God, I just come against every assignment of the wicked one. I come against every demon, every bunch of devils that the enemy is sending out, all the fiery darts of the wicked one. We come up against it all right now in the name of Jesus and we hold up the shield of faith wherewith we'll be able to quench every fiery dart of the wicked one in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Say with me this morning, my faith is in God, my trust is in God and I hold up the shield of faith and I'll be able to quench every fiery dart of the wicked one in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So, God, I just pray right now that you let us be men and women of faith, armed with the word of God, armed with your power, armed with your promises, and, God, I just pray that you're going to give your people victory over temptation and all of its aftermath in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I never talked this morning, everyone, about the cost of temptation, but there's a very high cost. Uh, The devil will take you farther than you want to go, and he'll make you pay more than you want to pay. And ultimately, he's dealing for your soul and he's dealing for your life and he's dealing for your family, all of that kind of stuff. Don't let him get a foothold in your life at all. In other words, just say, God, here's my, here I am, body, soul, and spirit. Lord God, I give you myself. God, have all of me and let me be an overcomer. And he will help you with his power and with his promises and with his spirit. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. And everyone said. Aloud, amen, amen. Let me just pray a blessing over you right now in the name of Jesus. Father in heaven, I just speak your blessing, your favor, your mercy, and your grace, your provision, and your power into the life of every single person in this place. And I pray it in your holy name, Lord God. I pray your blessing in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah! 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 I'm in close the service mode right now, but the Holy Spirit isn't quite in close in we're, we're service mode yet. He's in altar mode right now. It's like let's let's come to the altar, of the Lord. I'm talking about right where you're at. I want you to come to the Lord. I, I'm just saying, just saying, God, in this area, Lord, help me, help me, Lord God. Just, just. Talk to the Lord there just for a moment. Would you do that? Just say, Lord, I just need your help. And, Lord, I know you're going to help me. Thank you, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. I give you praise right now. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. God, I thank you for helping us right now in the name of Jesus. Call upon the name of the Lord, and you'll be saved. Hallelujah. Call upon the name of the Lord, and you'll be delivered as well. Call upon the name of the Lord, and you'll be healed. Hallelujah. All of those things, if we just say, God, I'm calling on you right now. I need your help. Intervene in my life, Lord God. Do what no other power can do, and I pray it in your holy name. The mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord God. I bless you today, Lord God. Hallelujah. We just bless your name. Say with me this morning, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Say with me right now, Lord God, deliver me from the hand of the enemy. Let me walk in victory. Let me be an overcomer. Say it with me right now, I'm more than an overcomer through Christ who loves me and who gave himself for me. I'm more than an overcomer. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Give the Lord a great hand clap of praise if you do that. Hallelujah. <clears throat> hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll be done in one minute. It's 12.26 right now. We've got important things to do today, like watch football, right? So, honestly, the things that we prioritize. This is really the most important part of the day. Thank you, Lord God. We've heard his word. Now, what we're going to do when we walk out of this place today is many of us are going to go eat, and the reason why you're going to go eat is because you need some food. And the reason why you need food is so that you can be strong and you can be refreshed because you need that food in your body that keeps you going. How many of you don't know that you do that every day? You do that every day to stay strong. Come on, work with me. Right? I mean, you, you don't eat, sometimes you eat three or four times a day. But you do that because you want to stay alive and you want to stay strong. In other words, if you go too many days without food, you're going to become very weak. But let me just say here that when you go out to walk and pray, it's the same thing. When you do that on a daily, breath, a daily, daily um, a, 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 a practice of prayer, then God feeds your spirit. So the food feeds your body, but when you're in prayer, God feeds your spirit. And then he's going to help you be strong over all of these temptations. You won't even have to try to work hard at it. All you got to do is just go out and pray and spend some time. The same time you spend eating, just spend some time with God. And don't let it be measured into any kind of segment of minutes. Just get out there and do it. In other words, don't come under the law on, well, I didn't pray 60 minutes. It was only 58. Don't do that to yourself. Just get out alone with God and listen to his voice. He'll give you revelation, knowledge. But when you get out there as a practice to just practice prayer practice being in the Word of God. I'm in the Word of God every single day. First thing that I see every single day, including this one, is the Word of God, even if it's just a chapter or a few verses, whatever. But, but if you're in the Word and prayer, you're automatically going to be building yourself up in the most holy faith. So you won't even have to try. It just happens naturally. You're going to have less problem, but make sure, are you hearing what I'm saying? We're going to go out of this place right now and feed our bodies, and that is a good thing. Enjoy what you're going to have to eat today. I bless you in that. But make sure that you don't starve your spirit, and your spirit gets fed when you're in prayer. And so just do the same thing with both. Physical food for the body, but spiritual food from God. That's our daily time in prayer with him. Then he builds up your spirit. Then automatically, I don't even know what happened. I wasn't really thinking much about it, but I'm sure not sinning like I used to sin. I'm sure not falling into temptation because now you've got the Holy Spirit governing your life and making you strong. Spirit is strong, body's strong, everything's strong. Can I get a witness, amen? So just let me encourage you that way, all right? In the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you for a great day together. I love your people, Lord God. I love that we can pursue righteousness together with people of like precious faith. Help us, Lord God, to stay on the journey. Help us, Lord God, to live lives that are pleasing to you. And God, I thank you that you're going to help us to be overcomers. We're going to overcome temptation in the name of Jesus. And everyone that believes that and receives it, just say loud amen. 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 God bless you. Have a great day. We love you so much. You've been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's Sermon Podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless.